Today on the podcast, we have another segment of Ask Rachel. And honestly, I am in awe of the questions I got today. Every single question felt so aligned with where I am on my own personal path. Today, we talk about how to nourish our inner creativity if we're in a place in life where we're feeling a little bit uninspired. We talk about music, which just brought me so much joy. And then we get into how slash if we should help our partner on their healing and their spiritual journey. We also get into letting go of old identities, how to grieve the past versions of ourselves as we continue to evolve and grow in life. Of course, I talk a little bit about my birthday as well. I turned 34 this week, so the show opens with a little bit about my birthday celebration. It's a really good episode today. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hello, 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 my darling friends. How are you? Welcome back to the show. I am, I'm a little bit tired today, I must admit. I'm sitting here curled up in my little podcast chair. I have a, a cup of tea and a candle lit and I'm looking out at the trees that are just going wild outside my window and the lake. The lake looks like an ocean right now. It's really stormy and wild. It's so windy today. Uh, our patio furniture literally blew away. It's it's the weather, this October weather is, is really, really intense. And I'm feeling all sorts of, yeah, this tired contentness, if that's a word. I am 34. <laughs> it was my birthday yesterday. I'm recording this on a Thursday. Wednesday was my birthday and I turned 34, which honestly didn't feel like a big deal. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of quietly excited for my birthday this year. I have a lot of years where I feel I don't care at all. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not a big day. And then I've had years where I want to celebrate for a whole month. I feel like my birthday is a really big deal. And then this year, I just felt like I'm, I'm really grateful to get to celebrate it with family in Sweden and just being in the place 
I am in life right now. I felt really content about that. And we had a, such, a, such a quiet, beautiful day. Most of it was quiet anyway. Dennis and Leah woke me up in the morning with blueberry cake and flowers. And Leah had made this really beautiful gift box that she had colored and, and, and created. And inside was this beautiful crystal heart that I think she had forgotten she took from me. <laughs> like a typical five-year-old gift and you know it was originally my little crystal heart that I gave to her but she really cherishes it you know she really loves this little crystal heart she yeah she brings it around with her and she talks about it a lot and I think for her that was she was like I'm gonna give this to mom for her birthday that was such a such a sweet thing to do (laughs) even though it was it was originally my crystal heart she's such a hoot oh my god And um, we just had a long, lazy breakfast and we had a plan. We were going to go to to Stockholm. We were going to go to the city and have kind of a city day. And then instead, I took a moment. I'm like, do I, what do I really want to do? Actually, I just want to, just want to be in the woods. (laughs) So we scrapped those plans and we brought all the dogs and we spent the day in the woods just playing and picking mushrooms and walking and breathing in the forest air. It was just really lovely. After that, I went and got a massage, which was just so good. I mean, so good. I fell asleep in this massage several times. I never fall asleep. I never nap. I'm not one of those people that just randomly falls asleep. I never fall asleep when I get massages. But I really, you know, when you wake up because your body's kind of doing that like early sleep twitching, you know, and then you're like twitch yourself awake and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) am I snoring? Am I drooling? Like I have no idea. But I think that was just a very, very good sign of a really good massage. It was, yeah, just just a really perfect day. And then we had some friends come and hang out with Leah for the evening. We went to Stockholm and had dinner with, with our best friends. And then we went to a concert, which I found, yeah, it was, it was, it's been a while since I went to a concert. I've been to like one since the pandemic and that concert was kind of, it was at a club. It was like one of those really, really packed people drinking a lot kind of concert. You know, it wasn't really like a dancing move your body concert. We saw Jordan Riquet, a friend and my and me a while ago. But on my birthday, and how this even came about was kind of funny. When I was hiking, I went on that hiking trip way up above the Arctic Circle a couple of weeks ago. I posted a reel to Instagram just of the experience and I picked one of my favorite songs in the whole world. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. If you've ever been to a retreat or a teacher training or anything with me or a class or like, you know, you've probably heard me play this song. I love to play this song in Shavasana. It's a really good song to cry to at the end of class, I find. Spirit Bird by Xavier Rudd. And I know many of you know this song intimately. If you don't, please, you know, just go listen to it after the pod. It's just such a such a powerful song. And I posted that reel. And then a girl randomly DM'd me. She's like, oh, you know, actually, I like he's so amazing. Xavier Rudd, I love his music. I have two tickets to go to his show in Stockholm on October 5th, but I can't come. And I tried to sell the tickets, but no one wanted them. So like, do you want them? I'll, I'll gift them to you. And I was like, what? Xavier Rudd is playing and it's on my birthday of all days. Like that feels so synchronistic and special. Like, are you kidding? Wow. Yes. 
thank you so much. I was so grateful, so happy. And this was like in the day that we were hiking, you know, and then we went on the next step of the hike. And I was like, Olivia, like telling my friend Olivia, guess what just happened? This girl DM'd me giving me tickets to Xavier Rudd and he's playing on my birthday. Like how crazy is that? And Olivia's face just like froze. Like she just like, she was not happy. She was like, mm, you need to talk to Dennis. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, isn't this like great? This is so fun. She's like, you need to talk to Dennis. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I guess that means he has a surprise planned on my birthday. So I was like, okay, I was just going to write that girl. Thank you so much for the tickets, but we don't need them. Like my husband has a, has a plan for us. He's something planned. And then when I came home, I told him and he was like, oh, like I am never going to try to surprise you ever again. He often tries to do little surprises for me. And somehow like I always find out like it just doesn't work. <laughs> So it turns out that he and all of our best friends, they had already gotten tickets and there was like a surprise that they were going to gift me on my birthday that tonight we're going to this concert. You know, it was like everyone already had their tickets and he had bought tickets like long ago and was super excited because I didn't even know that Xavier Wood was in, in, in Europe, you know, let alone Sweden. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I ruined the surprise. But actually, it's kind of great news because it means we got two extra tickets like I wrote that girl and I'm like we already have tickets um so you know I should give them back and she was like I'm sure you have other friends that would love them and I'm like well my brother probably would love to go she's like yes just take them give them to a friend I'm like okay so I gave the ticket to my friend Matias and to my brother Ludwig and he ended up going to Spain my brother so he didn't come but everybody else went and we just had a nice dinner and then went to this concert and it was so beautiful. Like it was so, so lovely to be just in the presence of really intentional music, you know, music that really just like moves your soul, moves your heart, moves your body too. And it, yeah, I just, you know, Spirit Bird came on, of course, at the end, which is like what he does. We've seen him before. We've seen him, Dennis and I have seen him before, but it was a very long time ago. And, you know, Spirit Bird, the song, I mean, he has a lot of songs that I'll cry to that I really just love. But then that song came on and then Dennis was just hugging me really tight. And I'm like, oh, I, I think he's anticipating me getting really emotional with the song. The song also kind of really reminds me of the time when my one of my best friends died many years ago. Um, it was just a recurring song that I was playing a lot at that time. I think that was the year we saw Xavier Rudd, maybe the year before. It was like around that time we saw him live in concert. So his music is a little bit tied to that time. So it just, it means a lot to me in different ways. And then he came and he like wrapped his arms around me really tight when the song started to play. And I'm like, oh, but I didn't, you know, I just was like smiling, feeling really just feeling really grateful as the song built. And then Dennis starts to cry. And he had like a, oh, it was so beautiful. Like the man rarely cries, let alone in, in public. And we just got to have like a together, just both of us, like a really good cry in the middle of this, of this show to this amazing song that means so much to us. And, and then afterwards, I'm like, hey, are you okay? Like, those were some really big feelings. He's like, who doesn't get, feel big feelings when that song comes on? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, go, just go listen to Savior Rudd. He's, he's, he's amazing. And, um, 
yeah. And then at the end of the night, like I was driving and driving us home. And then we got to, I got to drive all of our friends just individually to their houses. And I kind of felt like, I don't know, we were all being really silly in the car. And I felt like I'm like a mom doing a school drop off. We just got to have like a very silly, just very silly, happy birthday evening. And it ended in the best way. And here I am this morning, you know, like Leia had school this morning. We came home super late. I think I slept five hours. I'm feeling kind of tired and a little bit soft, you know, like a little bit of a just soft heaviness in my body. The stormy weather, I feel like my mood is is a little bit aligned with that. And somehow today, 34 feels like a lot. (laughs) I don't know. Yesterday I was like, oh, you know, just like today I'm like 34. And I know everyone listening who's older than me is like, oh my God, shut up. Like, you know, 34, 34 is no age. Like age is what we make it. And I think it, it is interesting to just reflect on how we feel with every passing year. It's not like 34 is this great big age, but somehow for me, I don't know. Like I think back at being a teenager, you know, even being in my early 20s, like if, if you met someone in their mid-30s, I'm not in my mid-30s yet, by the way. Dennis coined this <laughs> in his 20s. I think I've talked about this on the pod, but he has a system that he like really swears by, which is like you're not in your mid of a decade until you've passed the middle of the decade. So when he was like in his 20s and all of a sudden he's like 25, I'm like, well, you're in your mid 20s now. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm in my early mid. This is early mid 20s. And I'm like, well, mid 20s, isn't that should be 24, 25, 26, right? Early 20s is everything before that. And late 20s is like 27, 28, 29, right? It's like those three years. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not in your late 20s until you're 29. (laughs) Before that, you're in your late mid, late mid 20s, you know. And he's 36 now. So he's like in his, still in his somehow early mid 30s. Anyway, so I'm not in my mid 30s, even though I'm 34. (laughs) I'm in my early, my late early 30s. But anyway, when I was in my 20s and I, you know, if I knew someone who was in their mid-30s, I used to think that they were ancient. You know, it's like this ancient age. Like when I was a teenager and I met someone who was 25, I'm like, oh my God, they are so old. Oh my goodness. And now it's like with every, you know, five years or every decade that passes, like we go through this cycle of, of growth. And for me, most of the time I feel... I feel really joyful about getting older because I feel like life gets better. I feel more confident. I feel more content. But at the same time, like, I don't know, there's something about 34 to me that just feels like, (laughs) I don't know, it feels like a big age of some sort. I don't feel like I have a lot of things figured out in my life. But at the same time, I feel like I do have a lot figured out in my life. And I don't know when I was younger and I would think about like mid 30s, like that's close to 40, you know, I'm getting like 40 is a really big age, really big age. I was like Dennis was talking, saying that yesterday. He's like 36 feels fine. 37, I think I'm going to have like some sort of little crisis, like, for, like that's so close to 40. And I'm like, well, 40s, like 40 sounds good, you know, like what a blessing to get to 
grow older every year, you know, to actually get to live this life. He's like, yeah, well, let's see how you feel about 34 tomorrow. And then I woke up today and I'm like, yeah. And something that I am feeling, and this is really particular to this past year, is I am starting to feel like I'm getting a little bit older in my body. And that's new. 33 didn't come with that feeling. Neither did 32 or anything, like you know, everything before. But 34, I really have that feeling in my body that if I don't take optimal care, and that means, you know, I'm moving in the right way, I am on my mat enough and in the right way, in a way that really feels aligned with me. Like if I, I don't have the luxury of skipping that anymore, where before I felt like, you know, I could take a week off yoga, I could take a month off yoga, I could... I could not move for a long time. I could put whatever in my body that I want. You know, I, I, could, I, I was just very relaxed about stuff and I didn't feel a big difference. But now it's like if I'm not on my mat, I, I feel pain. I feel stiff, but in a new way. Like I feel tight in parts of my body that haven't felt tight before. I don't know. And I felt that this morning, just waking up like with not, in, not so much sleep. I'm like, man, like my... My body just feels like I feel old in my body right now, which I know it's just like, oh, if I have a good night's sleep, I'll feel different about that. But there is something to that. I think with every passing year, we become more aware of how important it is to take care of these precious, precious bodies. And I would love to feel better, not just mentally and about life with every year as we mature, but also feel really good physically. So I think, I don't know, I actually am planning to do that today. I didn't do that yesterday it was just family and friends day, but normally on my birthday or around my birthday, I love to have a sit in ceremony with myself and really contemplate the year past and set an intention and really anchor into what I want to create for the year ahead. So I'm planning to do that probably right after this podcast. And I do have a little celebration planned this week. I mentioned it really briefly last week, but I am teaching a live class on Saturday on yogagirl.com. And we're going to do two things in this class. Of course, it's a celebratory class because Saturday is October 8th, which is Yoga Girl's anniversary. You know, Yoga Girl was originally 108. We launched on October 8th and that's our anniversary and it's my birthday week. So we have a celebratory live, but... We are going to, before the live, so if you're joining us in the day or even the day before, it's okay, but I prefer maybe better to do it on the day. You're going to take a walk in the woods or a walk in the park or just a walk in nature and gather nature materials to make a fall wreath. And I have this, yeah, I had this idea just for myself for what I want to do in ceremony with myself. Like I want to make a crown for myself just with branches and flowers and leaves and crap, like whatever I can find that really aligns with me as I'm out in nature. Just kind of like how I would pick a bouquet or how, how I would forage anything for beauty, like that same way. But then with everything you forage, everything you pick, everything you collect right on this walk, you do very presently. And if you have a prayer or a longing or something that you want to call into your life, you take a moment to anchor into that with everything that you collect, everything you forage on this walk. And then you're going to bring it to class with me. We're going to create a little nature altar and set our intention together with this piece of nature that you have intentionally collected. And then we're going to practice. I think we're going to have a 30 or 45 minute flow practice. 
Saturday kicks off our 15-day yoga challenge. So we have yoga every day, which I'm like so craving with just the stiffness I feel in my body right now. So we're going to practice. And then after class, we're going to take our nature materials and we're going to make a wreath. My original idea is I want to make a crown, like I want to have a birthday crown. And then I was like, well, what can I do with that when I'm done? Like I could hang it on the door. Oh my God, we should all make a fall wreath. Like that's such a beautiful way to really celebrate this season, right? The season is so special, so beautiful. So we're going to infuse this crown or this wreath with our longings and with our intentions. And I love the idea of having something hanging on our front door that represents what we are creating in life. So that every time you come home, you see this wreath hanging on your door, you open the door to your home, you're reminded of that really sacred, sacred intention that you set, that sacred longing that you have in your heart. And having this wreath be the manifestation of that every time you open your front door to step into your home, I find really, really beautiful for this season. So um, I hope to see you there. You can sign up at yogagirl.com. You can sign up right now. You can either just get the live class like individually or you can subscribe either to the yearly or the monthly or however you want to subscribe and then you get all the lives that we do ever. And I have them planned for the rest of the year and we're going to continue into the next year, of course. But it makes more sense to subscribe because the, the cost of just the one class is more than just the monthly subscription, you know. So anyway, I hope to see you live on Saturday, just face-to-face, have a little celebratory moment. But yeah, that's also like a little bit of a, a milestone, I guess, to that I feel really inspired to share and to teach. Dennis and I were planning this morning, I'm scared to say because <laughs> I'm so I'm so good at jumping the gun on this, that's a terrible saying, by the way, but on this pod, I share everything I'm excited about. But we were talking this morning about our next retreat. Just listening to that music yesterday, I felt so oh, like I want to be in the shala again. I want to stand there in a sea of people, like teaching and guiding and playing amazing music and that like really heartfelt connection. I miss it so much. And then this morning we were just, okay, so let's book a retreat. Like, how are you going to do it? Where are we going <laughs> to? Where are we going to do it? And I feel really excited and inspired to teach again. So that's also a good thing about turning 34, right? Right? Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Take two delayed-release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption, and you'll get nine key nutrients. 
Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Okay, you know, once a month on the show, we have Ask Rachel. (laughs) And I find it really fitting that Ask Rachel is happening here today. So Ask Rachel is the segment on the show where you get to call in, you just call me, you leave a little message, and you ask me a question, you know, or you pose a subject or something you want to talk about or dive into. And as usual, I don't listen to these questions before I record. I hear them for the first time here with you so I can answer from a place of now, which I find always feels, yeah, more authentic. I don't know. I I never could research my way into these kind of circles, you know, like the Ask Rachel segment to me feels like we're sitting in circle and we're connecting with each other. And I really love that. If you want to ask a question just before we dive in, you can call 720-443-1771. If you're in the U.S., if you're not in the U.S., you add a plus one to that. So it's plus one, 720-443-1771. And you just share your name, maybe where you're from, and whatever question is on your mind. Let's go to our first question of the day. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for setting up Ask Yoga Girl. I love this idea. It's really wonderful. And I'm wondering... Uh, what song right now really means a lot to you? What song right now, you know, when you hear it, you just can't help but dance or it's really, um, you know, soothing or calming for you. It really releases something. I'd love to know. Thank you so much. I got tears in my eyes. <laughs> Did I just spend like a long time talking about my favorite song and the song that means so much to me and crying with a song and then the first question I pull up for this segment is this question (laughs) I got goosebumps this is so so synchronistic and perfect thank you for asking such a lovely question that I already answered how did you know (laughs) how did you know I was going to talk about that So yeah, I got to say, you know, Spirit Bird by Xavier Rudd. It's one of those I come back to. I mean, I've been listening to that song for a decade. Like I come back to it again and again and again and again. It is so, so, so special. I have a, a lot of songs, you know, like that, that I feel like I can continue returning to and they never, yeah, like they never lose their, they never lose their charm. They never lose their energy somehow. Another one I really love that I love to play in ceremony or at the beginning of my own home practice is I love Pete Kuzma. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I've never seen him live, but Pete Kuzma, he has a song called Celeste. 
it's a long one. It's like 10 minutes long and it, and it builds. And ah, I, I love, I love that one so, so, so much. I listen to that a lot. And another one that really, and I, I feel like I've mentioned this one. I'm just, there's a bell ringing in the back of my brain, but Come Give Me Love by First Aid Kit, which is a cover of a Swedish artist named Ted Yadestal that I grew up listening to my whole childhood. That one, you know, Come Give Me Love plays and I cry. It's just, it's immediate. I just, I just cry. What other songs are like those kinds of like heart opening, immediate, like landslide, obviously landslide. I mean, Fleetwood Mac. There's a lot of, you know, I think Fleetwood Mac, I can have just all of their songs in existence on Spotify on shuffle. And I never feel like I have to skip a song, you know. And obviously Landslide is one of those big, big feeling songs. But I have a, if you're, if you're into music and you, you feel like a, you know, a connection to the music I sometimes share here on Spotify, you can just search Yoga Girl and you'll find me there. I have a main playlist that's called Yoga Girl Playlist of the Month that I definitely do not update every month. But it's a big one that has like hundreds of thousands of, of followers. I should get better at updating it. I'm not. But I have another playlist called Love, and that's the playlist whenever I hear a new song. Like it just, and it can be like I hear five seconds of a song. I'm like, ooh, that one. I just put it in that playlist. So that playlist just has all the songs I've ever been drawn to or that I ever really loved. It's super eclectic. It's a huge mix. I mean, you'll find like soca in there and reggaeton in there and meditation music in there and, you know, a lot of singer-songwriter and like a lot of old school music too. Like there's just a huge mix of absolutely everything. But I highly recommend that playlist just, just on shuffle, you know? It's one that I listen to because I know every song on that playlist like I, I resonate with now or I have really resonated with at some point. What a sweet question. Thank you so much. Let's take the next one. Hi, Rachel. My name is Sam uh, from Wisconsin. I was wondering your thoughts, you know, maybe your experience. I gather from retreats and the podcast, everything. You're a very creative person. And I was wondering if you had any advice on how to live a more creative life. Um, Maybe if you're not living one right now. I'm working a nine-to-five. My fiancé and I are also wedding planning. And I'd love to create more. I feel that's, you know, this gut feeling that I have and and don't really know where to start taking action on that. Oh, hi, Sam. Thank you so much for for a beautiful question. Hmm. So my first, my first intuition or the first thing I want to share, whenever someone calls me a creative person, there's immediately a voice inside of me that goes, who? Me? No. No. I am not at all a creative person. I am not one of those artsy, you know, creators out there. Like I, I really uh, have a, an outdated old story about myself that I am not creative. And I still tell myself that story a lot to the point that it's so ingrained that when someone like you just 
says something like that. You're so you're such a creative person. I'm like, what? Who are they talking about? <laughs> and I think it's it's important that we catch that little voice. It could be that that voice is playing on repeat in the back of your mind too, or that there is this old story that you're telling yourself. And it's sort of emphasizing, you know, or kind of um, putting into place this form of life that makes you feel held back from your own creativity. It's so interesting how these old narratives inside of ourselves sort of set the tone for the lives that we end up living. So if we live a life where we've told ourselves forever that we're not creative, you know, then we, we of course, we, we create less because we don't align with that identity or that side of ourselves at all. So if that voice is talking to you in that way, notice it. See if you can become aware of what that voice is, is telling you. And if you can trace it back to early, maybe to early childhood or to, you know, at some point something came our way that brought that belief forward inside of us. And for me, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I have spent most of this year feeling very non, not feeling creative, not feeling inspired to create, not feeling inspired to teach. You know, I stopped doing my live classes on yogagirl.com because I felt uninspired. I felt, I didn't feel creative. I didn't feel like I was putting out inspiring, exciting content there. I wasn't creating things that felt in alignment with me. So I'm like, I need to take a break. You know, I think at in some one point I was I was tired. But this idea of being a creative person was really formed inside of me, I think, in school. I don't know what it was like where you went to school or how you grew up. But for me, going to school, it was very segmented always. We were kind of taught or I was taught that there is such a thing as a creative person. And that's the kind of person that can draw really well. Right? That can like make a beautiful drawing uh, or draw something very lifelike or realistic uh, or someone who can paint and then, you know, someone who can create something that has an objectively beautiful outcome. This also includes, you know, someone who can play an instrument or someone who can sing really well or make music or someone who's a really objectively, you know, beautiful dancer. Like for me, the idea of a creative person always came with, well, they have created this outcome, this end result that the rest of the world deems correct, right? Or the rest of the world deems good and right or beautiful. And I didn't have that. I didn't have any of those things, you know. I couldn't sing. I, I kind of can sing. Like I'm trying to change that narrative. I really love to sing, I guess is what I should say. But I was told a lot growing up that I shouldn't sing. Like if I was ever singing quietly to myself, just be quiet, be quiet. So I internalized that as like my voice is not right or good or it's it's disturbing people when I sing. I shouldn't, shouldn't use my voice in that way. I was never a dancer. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I never got praise for things in that sense. And I think that's really a part of it that I thought that the things I get praised for, well, that's what I'm good at that's what I should keep doing. Like I get praise for getting really good grades, for acing a test, for being polite, for behaving, for acting in certain ways, for, you know, producing in a really good way, performing well in these areas in school. So that's what I did. And I never had that feedback around, well, actually being creative has very little to do with what the rest of the world says about the thing that you've created. 
right? So because I was never praised and never had that conditioning of, wow, you're, you can draw so beautifully, you can paint so beautifully, or, or even that like resonance of how does it feel when you paint, like having paint or draw or creating with my hands, having that be the point. I never had that experience my whole life. It was always, that's something only people who are good at that stuff, who can produce good things, they do. So they are creative people. I'm not a creative person. And I told myself that story my whole entire life. I'm not a creative person. I didn't even think, even though I've always been a writer, I've always been writing for as long as I can remember. I love writing. I had that story so ingrained in me that I'm not a creative person. I'm not artsy. I'm not one of those people. And even in school, it was very segmented and separated in that, you know, we had that like art, like you could, you could if you were into art of any form, you would go in a certain section of school. There was like a certain part of school where you did those things. And I always avoided that. Like that was not for me. In Sweden, we would say, well, they're estetet. It's like they're in the aesthetic. They were doing the aesthetic program in school. And that was a certain kind of creative person. And I was definitely, I did not fit into that group. So I just shut that whole side of me down in a big way to the point of even feeling like being a good writer, you know, or feeling good when I was writing, like that wasn't a creative thing to do. And it took me a really long time to actually fully grasp and really realize that being creative is about the process of creating. It's about the inner inspiration of, of, of creating whatever it is we happen to be creating right now. It's not just, you know, painting and music and the things that we kind of have been taught what is art, right? But when you are planning your wedding, you know, that is a massive endeavor that involves a shit ton of creativity and inspiration to pull together. Like you're literally right now in the process of creating a truly life-changing, transformational, you know, memorable experience for yourself and for all of your loved ones. And in the middle of that process, you feel like you're not creating right now, you know? Like that to me feels like like a story that maybe needs, like maybe it's ready to go. You know, you are creating in your life. And perhaps the things that you are involved in creating right now is making something inside of you itch to do more of that, that freedom of creating for the sake of creating without having to do a good job. So... For me, when I feel like this year I have felt very uninspired, I've felt very not creative, I continue to remind myself that being creative is not just the stuff I was taught in school, right? It's not just what my parents told me. But when I am spending time in the garden and I am planting seeds and I'm planting this garden and I'm, cre I'm creating life in the garden, like this takes massive amounts of creativity and inspiration to do. I would not have this kitchen garden if it wasn't for my own innermost creative self you know at some point this was just a seed of a thought of a dream that I felt inspired to do and then I created that like whoa that is like a very very creative part of my higher self made that happen and every day you know every time I cook a meal I am creating something and I can choose to go about that following a recipe a to z you know, doing exactly what I'm told. And then when, I've, when I'm done with that recipe and I serve my family that meal, I never have that feeling of, ah, oh, 
like like that that almost meditative experience of having really been in the kitchen having really created something i don't have that same feeling when i follow the a to z but when i you know don't follow the rules in the same way and i cook a little bit more from feeling than from thought you know more intuitively than from recipe I find that not only does it really nurture that inner creative spirit, but I feel like the food tastes so much better because it's there's so much joy in there. So when I'm feeling a little bit creatively starved, I go, I remind myself that I am creating all the time. I am a creative person. I need to stop that narrative. I remind myself of the things I am currently creating that require inspiration and creativity. And I try to think a little bit outside the box and color outside the lines in the day-to-day things that I do, like baking and cooking or the garden. I find those things, at least for me, just helps to kind of nourish that creative spirit a little bit. And then something I really recommend, and it's funny that that I'm sharing this now because I just talked about this with my brother the other day. I so recommend if you are at all inclined if you like to write, and maybe when you think about, you know, nourishing your creativity, writing is not it, but there is something about that inner flow of communication, about opening that channel into our hearts that writing does for us, that I find is so, so, so helpful to inviting more of that creative space into our lives. And that is doing our morning pages. I had, you can go back and look for that episode. I had Julia Cameron on if you don't know who Julia Cameron is, she's just a, an amazing human. She's fantastic. She is basically the the writing coach. I don't know what she would call herself, like the writing muse, writing teacher of Liz Gilbert and a lot of very well-known, very famous, very talented writers. And she wrote a book long time ago called The Artist's Way, which is all about exactly this. Like, And then she has this very strong belief that I believe too, that we are all creative. We all have an artist inside of ourselves, inside of us. And no matter what it is we want to do, you know, if we want to feel just creative in our day-to-day lives, or we want to paint, or we want to make music, or, you know, I think it's it's just about wanting to to feel like ourselves. Like there's something about creation and creativity that just puts us in the moment and we get to be with ourselves in that creation that we're longing for all the time. Whatever it is that we want to do, if we want to sing or paint or write, waking up in the morning, this is what she calls her morning pages. You wake up in the morning before you do anything else, before you go on your phone, before you scroll on Instagram or look at your emails, before you talk to people, Before you've kind of stepped into that fully alert and awake space, you know, you can kind of get out of bed, make a cup of tea or a coffee or whatever you want to start your day with, go to your notebook, your diary, your journal, and you write three pages full. And the idea is to just, while you're still a little bit in that, like in between state, you're a little bit in that, you know, in that newly awake, soft, ethereal moment before your brain has completely taken over and you're in the planning of your day and the to-do list and oh my God, you just write and every day it's going to be different. You might write, I don't know what to write today, or you might just write about how you feel or you write about how your day was yesterday, or you just write gibberish for three pages long. You basically just open this channel into your innermost self and you just pour it out on paper, three pages, and then you're done. 
And you do that come rain or shine. (laughs) You do that if you're waking up in the morning and you're having a bad day. You do it when you're ecstatic. You do it when you're sick. You do it whatever is going on. You wake up in the morning and you write your morning pages and that's how you start your day. And I was talking to my brother about this just last week because we were talking about this. Like I spent a lot of this year feeling, yeah, feeling, not feeling inspired. And I'm like, I think I'm going to start doing my morning pages again because I haven't done that in two years. It's been two years since I did that. But when I had that as a routine, it, it, it's almost like we get a channel into our inner core somehow. And that very creative side of ourselves gets to come to the forefront just first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, we speak the truth to ourselves. And you don't have to, you don't show your pages to anyone. This is just for you, right? The first thing in the morning, you get to speak truth from a place of real authenticity. And I think it really unleashes something beautiful. So if you like to write, even if you don't, just give that a try, you know, do that for a couple of weeks every single day and see how you feel. And then again, Get really mindful and present with that story that you're telling yourself because you are a deeply creative human being. I mean, I know you are. And so am I. So however we can continue to nourish that, I think is going to greatly improve our lives in so many ways. And actually, I just did share, you know, I was feeling creatively starved and now I feel excited to teach again. It's also cyclical, right? And I think while I was taking a break from teaching, I got to learn other things, right? And expand and grow and create other things. So just expanding our viewpoint of how we look at what is creating, I think is really healthy. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Let's take another question. Hi, Rachel. This is Emily. Um, I'm from Montana in the U.S. And I was wondering, what is one of your favorite talks to listen to by Ram Dass? Um, thank you so much. Bye. Wow. <laughs> it's like you just asked me, what is my, it's like, what's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? I would not know how to answer that. So I had a a long period of my life when I, well, I still on and off. Well, I had a long section of my life. This was 20, I think it was 2019. When I had some panic attacks, I had some anxiety, especially at night. I don't know, this kind of came up again for me, especially, it was like I would go to bed 
And I would be reminded of the fact that, wait, yesterday, right before I fell asleep, I felt this overwhelming wave of anxiety. And then just the thought of remembering that last night I had like anxiety, major anxiety, I would almost bring about that anxiety the next night. And I had a lot of cycles like that just throughout that whole entire year. So what I started doing, and of course, Ram Dass is a one of my most important teachers of my whole entire life. I cherish, I mean, there's no spiritual teacher. I think I listen to more or cherish more or have a more open heart. <laughs> Just when I I think about him, I talk about him, I get a little weepy. Like I love, I love him so much. So at that time of my life, I was just going through a lot of stuff. I started right as I went to bed before that thought of like anxiety is going to come. Before that came my way, I would go on YouTube or sometimes the podcast app, but actually I prefer his, the talks that you can find on YouTube more for some reason. And I would look for the talks that are longer than an hour. There's a lot of talks on YouTube you can find that are like two, three hours long. I would look for one of the really long talks. A lot of them are from his, I mean, he, he's been a speaker, public speaker, lecturer, like his entire life. But there is a big section of, of his life, like in the 60s and 70s, where I love the talks from that time. You know, there's just like a certain spark to him and in that time um, where he just went from place to place and people just came to see him and he just, they would ask a question and he just spoke like someone would pose a question and then he would speak for an hour, you know, and it's this very channeled. Yeah. Beautiful. Just being present with him as he speaks from that place of presence is so calming. So I would choose one at random and I would put my phone just on my nightstand and I would just listen to his voice. And sometimes I would be awake for the whole talk and then feel, you know, fall asleep afterwards. And sometimes I would drift away kind of with his, with his, with his words. So I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he has one, the miracle of consciousness is a really beautiful one. He has several ones on like how to love yourself. I really love how to free yourself from suffering, how to free yourself from clinging. There's one I love. I love how to free yourself or free, free yourself from clinging. I think it's called. It's also like a, an hour one, hour long one. I, um, I actually hi highly recommend just if you're on YouTube or there's also a, the Be Here Now network. On, he has a, like a podcast network or had a podcast network that, still releases, like continues to release talks and and, and uh, podcasts with him. So you can either scroll there or scroll on YouTube and just find a title that resonates. That's it. Just, you know, don't be too picky. Find a title that resonates with you and just close your eyes and breathe. Listen. When we are looking for that kind of connection, I think, or we're really seeking a sense of resonance and truth, I think we are going to find the message that we are most aligned with if we intuitively choose. So rather than tell you, well, this one single one, just just go explore, Ramdas. You can't, you can't go wrong. Hey, Rachel. Um, thank you so much for all you do. I've been a huge fan of you for many years now. Um, I am calling in with a relationship question. I have been with my partner now for a little over three years, and... I love him 
so, so, so much, and he's helped me grow, grown so much as a person. But I'm calling because I feel like recently I haven't seen, I feel like I'm on the trajectory of a lot of self-growth, but I really haven't seen him putting in the same effort and time to devote to self-healing and spirituality. And it's a little concerning for me in my future. And um, I'm just really curious your thoughts on on how we can help our partners really grow and become the best version of, of themselves. So thanks so much. Bye. Okay. Big question, this one. So I'm going to... I'm going to speak very truthfully to you now and I and I am doing so with so much love because I have been where you are I can really resonate with and sort of remember this this feeling you know I've been with my husband for almost 13 years now and we've definitely had our cycles or I have had my cycles of being in this relationship with him looking at it from a standpoint of, well, I am doing all of this over here, right? And and you are not over there. And how does that align as we look into the future and, you know, for this being a long-term rest of our lives kind of thing? And from the place I am now, you know, so speaking with absolute truth, I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on this question, <laughs> Again, with love, because I, I've been where you are, and I know this feeling well. But I think just putting ourselves in a place where we say, how can I help my partner heal and grow, already means that we are deflecting from something inside of ourselves. How our partners heal and grow is actually, and this is like a really hard pill to swallow, is not our business. We cannot put healing and growth on another person. Of course, we can't make another person do anything, but especially when it comes to something so vulnerable and intimate and personal as our healing journey, putting ourselves in a place where we say, I know the way, so let me teach you. I know the best way or the path. You know, this is how it's done. I'm doing it over here. So let me help you come along and get to the same place as me. There is something inherently a little bit condescending about that. Because even if we're not, you know, even if you're not saying it in that way, maybe you don't mean it in that way, you know, probably you are going through this big, beautiful healing journey, right? Like I am on that and have been for my, most of my life, this big, beautiful healing journey that has taken me so many magical places and brought me so much insight and so much realization and so much growth. So of course, that thought of like, well, I need my partner to do that too. It comes from a very loving place, right? Like I have done all this healing. It changed my life. Like you come heal too. But it is inherently kind of a condes condescending thing to do because we're saying to the other person, I know more about your healing journey than you do or I am in a higher place or in a more evolved place of this healing journey than you are. So let me teach you the way. And I think when we go about it that way, no matter how great the healing journey is, right? No matter how awesome the tools are and how great the revelations are, 
just because we are approaching it from that place, our partner is going to resist. That energy is automatically there. That energy of, you know, like I'm, I have healed this much. You have not. Let me, let me show you how to do it. You know, there's automatically kind of an imbalance there just or we create an imbalance there in our positioning in the relationship we're no longer looking at each other as complete equals we're assuming we know better and just because we are i think our partner is going to resist and here is the the truth is we know nothing about the other person's journey like absolutely nothing and the thing that's working for us does not at all have to be the thing that's going to work for them And also something that I really had to realize in my own relationship, just because I have in my life needed all of this healing work and these very specific tools doesn't actually mean that everyone is in need of the same thing. And I, I really didn't believe that for a long time. I mean, really, for a long time, I was so I was completely convinced everyone needs to do this. Everyone needs this kind of trauma healing or some kind of trauma healing. Everyone needs some kind of present moment practice or this kind of present moment practice. Everyone needs some kind of yoga, some kind of meditation, some kind of ritual, some kind of ceremony like this way, therapy over here, over here. Like I, I have got it down. Like this is helping me. So it must help everyone. And the truth is that is a lie. Like it actually is not a truth. And And it took me a while to realize, really. And it actually caused me, caused me and caused Dennis, you know, some pain. Me kind of constantly thinking that he should be doing that stuff over there. When in fact, he never really had a need to do those things. And something that I think also we all know about healing is we can't make that happen. Right. Just like for you, when you had that big awakening of, oh, my God, here is what I need to do. I need to go down this path. Probably that came to you through some kind of hardship, you know, timed in a really particular way. And all of a sudden, boom, there's that opening. And then down that path you go. And I think that moment, you know, when the universe kind of aligns all those things for you, that hardship, you know, it's always some kind of despair and some kind of struggle, synchronistically kind of aligned with a tool, you know, or a person or a teaching or something that's really helpful that suddenly changes the trajectory of our inner lives. And then that changes the trajectory of our outer lives. Like there's divine timing in all of those pieces of the puzzle coming together. Divine, absolutely divine. We can't will that forward. We can't, we can't orchestrate that puzzle and make it happen. We can't do that for ourselves. So of course, we can't do that for someone else. So I think, I think that inner longing of how do I, how do I get them on my path, you know, what it really means is that we need to go deeper on our path. It's like everything, you know, every little piece of judgment or idea that we put on another person, like how can we turn that around and apply that to ourselves? So when I tell Dennis, you need to do more healing work, what I'm really saying and what I'm really feeling is I need to do more healing work. When I tell somebody else, you really should go on this path over here and like do this, try this teaching. What I'm really saying is, oh, I need to stray back onto my path or stay on my path or go deeper on my path and continue exploring this teaching. 
And when I think when we are really anchored in what we believe really is working for us, we're going to keep our focus on ourselves, right? Because that's all we can ever do. You know, the only thing really we can do that's going to really help and support our relationship is to take care of ourselves, is to focus on our own journey. And there might be, you know, and that was the case in, in, in mine and Dennis's relationship. There might be a moment where all of a sudden the other person has their own revelation in their own way, right? And go, they go on their healing journey. And then that healing journey turns out it didn't look anything like your healing journey. Like that's what it was like for for me and Dennis, the things that have really supported him, that have really propelled him forward, that really has been the most helpful. It was none of the stuff that worked for me. And because I had this kind of like inflated ego sitting there with all of my spiritual stuff. I'm like, well, this is the way. It wasn't the way. It was not his way. And now looking at it, I'm so glad he didn't like pretend he felt like my way was the way. You know, that would have been awful. He would have resented me you know, like trying someone else's way of healing just to please them or to show that you're trying or to, you know, I don't know what, what the reason would be. Any reason that isn't that inner feeling that this is my way is going to be the wrong way. And probably those healing tools aren't going to work for that person then. So that he got to go down his own path and didn't listen to me trying to bang him over the head to go do a path of love. <laughs> You know, he's never going to do a path of love, never. And chances are that's, that's, it's just, it's not going to be for him what it was for me anyway, right? But he has his own path. And I think when I can fully lean back and trust that he knows what his, what he's doing and fully trust that he's on his own path and that path is not lesser than mine. My path is not better than his He's on his own path and that path is the path that works for him. And he's going to do and find the healing work that he needs to do and find in his own way. And I need to step, I need to get out of the way, you know, for him and not pretend like I know better. Because that thing that I used to do back then, it was a little bit arrogant, you know, and it caused a lot of friction and a lot of tension. It's not fun, I think, being in the relationship or being in a relationship with someone who is so evolved, <laughs> you know? And I think we all do that in this healing community because we feel the truth of that. Like we, we healed so much, like this is it, but we know so very little, you know, and also, of course, like I'm not, you know, all of this comes from a place of, well, I love this person. I don't want to lose them. Like what would happen if at some point they're just not growing at all and you're growing and you're changing and you're evolving and you're all the way over here and for every year that passes it's like you you feel more separate from them well if that continues to be the case chances are you are going to end up in a point in that relationship where it doesn't work right and maybe that moment of oh it doesn't work maybe that's the moment that propels the other person into some kind of healing journey for themselves or or not and maybe that's the p point where you realize that this relationship, it's not going to work or it's not for me, or maybe it's for later. And it's, you know, but the only way there to clarity, whether it's clarity in, oh, we're in this together, we're in alignment, we're in this for the long haul, or the clarity of, oh, it's not going to be that way. The only way there is to continue doing your own healing work. And that's just, that's just the truth of it, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I used to tell Dennis so often, like, I so 
just wanted him to do therapy. I just want him to do this stuff. I just want him to like do dynamic meditations. I'm like, I can just tell you just need to be out there. Like you just need to like scream out all of your inner rage and you need to take care of your inner child. And (laughs) I mean, like, like I, I mean, I can laugh at it now because it's like, no, that was not the thing for him right at that moment. And he would tell me things that I would be like, well, that's not true. Right. Because that's kind of how condescending I could be. He'd be like, when I go for a really long bike ride, like I, I, I get so much emotion that that comes out. Like I really, I really process when I'm on my bike. And I'm like, yeah, sure you do. (laughs) I really thought that. I was like, sure you do. I'm like, it's not like being in a dynamic where you get to really like act out your deepest, most frustrating emotions. It's not the same. And then I saw him in a race for the first time. I saw that fucker in an Ironman for the first time. He is bawling his eyes out. He is hyperventilating. He is yelling. He's grunting. I'm like, oh shit. Like this is more intense than a dynamic. Like he fucking knows what he's doing. Like he, and he found a way to do it in community where he feels held. And it's like even more vulnerable because in a dynamic meditation, we're in a closed room space and everyone's doing the same thing. Like when you're in a race and you're surrounded by thousands of people and you're like crying out in the open, I'm like, that's super vulnerable. This is a super vulnerable thing that he's doing. This is a massive emotional release that he works toward, you know, and practices for and then goes all in for. And then I was sitting there saying, well, you have to do it my way. Like, no, that was a bullshit story and it wasn't true. So I bet you, I bet you, your guy has his ways already. And maybe what he needs instead of like the come try to, you know, use these tools over here that are working for me, maybe what he needs is encouragement to do more of the things he's already inclined to do. Like what does he enjoy? What is helpful for him? What does he lean toward? And is there something you can do there to, yeah, to give him some support to continue going down his own path? Because I bet, I bet you, like we are all super intelligent beings. I bet you there's ways that he's already, he's already on his healing path. And the way his life looks like now, the way he's dealing with triggers now, the way he is now, that's him at this stage of his healing journey. And I think it's good to look at our partners just with so much love and so much compassion and, and trust, you know, trust that if you continue doing you and holding hands with him, you know, side by side, like you're gonna, you're gonna end up where you're supposed to go. So just keep doing the stuff that works for you. And I think everything is gonna align. This was a long answer. I hope this was supportive. I love you. Thank you for being so brave asking this big question. It's a hard one. And if you want, keep me posted. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Let's do one last question of the day. Hi, Rachel. Uh, my name is Bliss. I have been lucky enough to follow you since... 2014. It's been so amazing just following on your own journey and hearing your stories. And I consider you such an important mentor and therapist and person in my life. And I can't wait to meet you one day. But my question for you is, like, how do you embrace all of the changes in your lifestyle and interests and passions without feeling shame or like a loss of identity or a loss. Because I know like you, for example, have gotten really, you used to be doing crazy yoga poses and like 90 minute um, yoga practices. And now you kind of more transition to plants and you don't do like crazy inversions as much. And yeah, or even like stand up paddleboarding because I'm really struggling with that. Um, I just have had moments in my life where I've worked really hard to build towards an identity, like well, working in wilderness therapy or being really outdoorsy or hiking all the time. And, and now I don't do those things. And instead of reflecting with appreciation and gratitude for just how my life has changed and things have shifted, I have this feeling of loss and sadness and shame that that is not part of my identity anymore um and it's kind of this like nagging voice in my head being like you need to get back to doing all these cool things you used to do so that is my question thank you so much love you hi love hi bliss oh my god what a beautiful name thank you thank you thank you for your presence and for hanging out here with me for such a long time. It means so, so much. I love that you're asking this question because I am posing this question to myself and sitting with this a lot lately and, and have been for a long time. You know, how do we cope with the loss of change? You know, the loss that comes along with change. Every time we we evolve and sometimes evolving doesn't fit with this kind of archaic idea of what evolving looks like, you know? Sometimes we forget that change is often growth, but it doesn't look always like what society told us growth is. An example for that of that is a really beautiful piece of growth that I have seen in myself over the past years is my ability to slow down and work less. And it has meant loss of income for me. It has meant, you know, challenges financially and within the business. It has meant I have completely ramped down in my 
my output and what I produce. And, you know, so looking from the outside world, it's like, <laughs> like it looks like failure kind of, or stagnation. It looks like a lull in my, in my former very successfully high output life. But actually it's a massive piece of growth that I've done. Massive. I mean, it's growth that I can't compare with anything else because it's so valuable and has been so life-changing for me, this ability to slow down. And I have to continuously remind myself of that when those thoughts kind of creep up or when, just like what you're talking about, that kind of loss of identity of I used to be this, I used to do this, and that generated all of that. And now my life looks like this that really healthy reminder that the reason I left that behind, the reason that I did change, that I did evolve, is that I needed something different. I was ready for something different. And actually those things that were serving me then, a time came when they suddenly weren't serving me anymore. So continuing to do the same thing, knowing that I wasn't feeling good, and then somehow calling that success because the output, you know, or the end result of that is is money or something you know like it doesn't align it's not it's not it's not aligned with an with myself and my inner truth so just a reminder that oftentimes the things that might from the ego's point of view or from the outside world's point of view might look like failure or loss or stagnation or laziness or you know any of those things like actually oftentimes if we've done it intentionally is us evolving and that evolution is happening inside of us because we deeply fully need it now there's big things you know and then there's little things where we just we just gently let things go because we're ready for something else and I can think back to the, yeah, like things that you're sharing now, you know, I can think back to my peak asana days <laughs> and my peak asana days. And I can, I can really hold like what that time gave me, you know, that time spent on the mat, that, that time, that very physical dynamic time of every day I'm doing this for my body. It filled a need for me, which was very, very related to feeling strong back then. I had spent a lot of my time growing up feeling everything but empowered, you know, feeling like I was a victim of circumstance, feeling like I couldn't, I didn't have the ability, ability to stand up for myself, feeling small, and then developing this very high intensity physical asana practice. It brought me a sense of empowerment. It brought me a sense of inner strength. And at some point, you know, years later, the the need that that practice was filling for me wasn't really there anymore. You know, my life shifted a lot and I found myself less in need of that kind of practice. And I found myself more in need of another kind of practice, which of course came with a big change, right? Like my inner need was I need my my life is wild and crazy and intense. And if I have an hour to myself left in my day, which I rarely had, I don't need to be balancing on my hands and on my head here. I don't need to be doing chaturanga push-ups here. What I need is to collapse on the floor with my legs up the wall and an eye pillow over my face. <laughs> you know, the need for something gentle became much bigger there. 
because that that was what, what was reflected from my from my life and I started listening to that it became a natural thing to listen to that and then of course the outcome you know at the end result of changing my practice from very intense and dynamic and you know sweating intensely and really asana focused and position focused and body focused and it changed a lot. All of a sudden, my practice wasn't as advanced anymore because I wasn't practicing those poses in the same way. All of a sudden, my body changed. You know, I wasn't working out on the mat for 90 minutes every day. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm here doing gentle things, taking care of my body in another way. All of a sudden, I'm gaining some weight. You know, there's a lot of changes there. And if I look at that change in myself, you know, with those very harsh, judgmental, critical eyes, it's like, well, I gained weight, that's bad, right? Society tells us, drills into us from the moment that we're born that that, that is just a no-no. That is the most shameful thing we can do. Oh my God, no, 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 that's not okay. This identity that I had of I'm an extremely advanced asana pr- practitioner, well, that kind of went away. You know, I can still, <laughs> I can still contort my body and do a bunch, I can still do a handstand, like I can still do a lot of that stuff. I don't want to <laughs> anymore, <laughs> You know, and it doesn't feel good for my body anymore. But that identity of look at me and what I can do with my body, which for me was social media and generating likes and generating following and engagement, like that started disappearing in that way. You know, so that's like, that's not good, right? Because a big following on social media, lots of likes, that's success, right? And and not having that, it would be bad, right? And then all, all of these things, just shifting, changing this identity of, well, this kind of yoga is better than this kind of yoga because then I look this way and then I'm a more advanced teacher. And I had just a lot of stories around what success was and what a good yoga teacher should be and what a good yoga practitioner should be. And this identity of that was who I was. And what I was shifting toward was meeting my needs. So that change that maybe from the outside world or from that critical point of view looked like bad, you know, or, or like failure or like stagnation or whatever you want to call it, was for me meeting a massive need in my life of needing calm, of needing peace, of needing a quiet place to be. And all of a sudden, you know, the more I start leaning into my needs, the less I fit in the boxes of who I've been telling myself that I am. And my big takeaway from this, as I continue <laughs> to grow and continue outgrowing these boxes I've made for myself, is to be more mindful about creating that box in the first place. To start really looking at myself and holding myself with more grace and more love than any label ever could. Because those labels become really, really dangerous. And if I solidify myself and I stand so firmly in this label or this box of this is the kind of person that I am, when all of a sudden that doesn't fit anymore, then I'm in dangerous territory, right? Then I, I don't know who I am. Everything feels unsteady and scary. And what am I supposed to do now? And am, am I failing? Or maybe I just, I need to get back to that person. Like, let me get back to 25-year-old Rachel, who was like 20 pounds less and doing crow to handstand push-ups and like you know all out on Instagram and like doing this thing over there like let me let me do that let me try that route you know to force myself (laughs) down a road where I'm no longer aligned you know it's not aligned with my body with my life with my wants I know that that path would just lead to massive misery 
So what option do I have then? Okay, I'm not doing that. Well, then I could continue living the life that I'm living, which is more in alignment with who I am. But if I keep holding on to the label, I'm going to have that inner voice whisper to me all the time. Well, your body was better then. Your yoga practice was better then. You had more likes on Instagram then. Your business was doing better then. And then I'm going to live this life where I'm in alignment, but my brain is going to constantly shame me and put me in a place of should have, could have, do differently, not contentment with where I am now. So it's not enough to just change the behavior and to change the practice and to allow ourselves to grow, but we have to allow the mind to follow, right? It's so important. So for me, reminding myself of what the need I was filling there with those practices or with that label that I was doing then, I am filling that need right now in another way that is much healthier for me. That inner strength that I saw or that strength that I needed that became this like very physical representation of of physical strength on the mat. I stepped into that when I became a mom. I have never felt stronger in my life since birthing and raising a child. Like I I didn't need to <laughs> to stand on my hands anymore. That that feeling and I can close my eyes and like that like two minutes super solid handstand every muscle of my body just fired up like totally there like uh, you know fuck man I do that every day with my child <laughs> like I really do that complete focus and presence and the inner strength it takes to move through this world as a mother like I I got it you know I had that need met and filled and held in a completely different way so whatever need you were filling with those identities then if you're not filling them now you know if you're feeling like a lack of strength and you're really missing that like maybe right now you're in a place in life where like I feel really weak I feel really small I feel really I feel unempowered and then you're looking back at that past version of you where you felt strong and empowered and that happened to happen through your asana practice well if your asana practice isn't aligning with you now there is something else that does so if the feeling that you're longing for is that feeling of empowerment and strength, well, what is something that can fill that need for you now that aligns with who you are today, you know? And maybe it's another kind of physical practice, like it's something to do with your body, but maybe it's totally not, you know? Maybe there's something happening in your life right now that's making you feel unempowered. Can you address that? Can you hold space for that? Can you invite a new practice, a new relationship, a new person or form of support a new something that allows you to step into that place of strength if the feeling of strength is the thing that you're really missing because I think I think once we do that we can let our minds let go of that idea we'll go back to that get back to then and another point of this that I think is so freaking important that we have to realize we do is we romanticize our past constantly in two years from now, you're going to look back at today and you're going to be like, wow, well, that time was so special. <laughs> you know, most likely you're doing something now that you're going to be romanticizing later, even though the thing you're doing now, you might be feeling like you're failing or you're not measuring up. It's like we need to be in awe of our lives now and not just through those rose colored glasses that time creates. And then, you know, look back like, wow, 
Like we need to find ways to really be present enough and celebrate what we do now so we can own it now and not just later. Because there are parts of your life and parts of you and this identity that you hold now that you're going to look back at later and go, oh, well, how do I get back to that? So instead of doing that, well, how can I celebrate this version of me? And if I'm missing something and I need, I have a need, I need to be, I need to see met somehow. Well, how can I find a way to do that that aligns with today? Because I, I can tell you the last freaking thing I want to do when I wake up in the morning is go do a handstand. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I want to do less, right? But I still crave that feeling of inner strength, that feeling of empowerment, that feeling of like, I'm here, you know, I'm here and I'm strong and I got this. So if I'm lacking that in my day-to-day -day life, yeah, then I might like go on Instagram and look, oh, look how strong I used to be, you know? It's like, fuck that. Look how strong I am now. Like different strong, better strong. I really think it's growth, you know? It's not failure. It's not stagnation. You're in a phase of growth. And I hope you, I really hope you find the, the support that you need, whether that's inside of yourself or from something new that you're going to be inviting into your life. But You're a better person now. You are. You are. With everything you've learned and how much you've grown, like you are a bigger person now than you were then. And five years from now, you're going to be a bigger person then. And you're so fucking beautiful the way you are. Like, look at you. Look at you working so hard to hold everything in your life together and to continue growing. And like just posing this question means there's so much awareness. You're so deep on the spiritual path of, of being with yourself you know you're doing it right now so don't forget to really celebrate today I really love these questions that we got today they felt so every single question today was either a question I'm literally asking myself or a question I had already answered at the beginning of the pods so very synchronistic and special I want to thank all of you for being here. If you have a question you want to ask, just call in. Again, the number is 720-443-1771. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you at yogagirl.com on Saturday. 15 days of daily yoga practice. And there's not going to be a single handstand in there unless you really want one, then go ahead. But 15 days of practice every day. Classes are on yogagirl.com. I'm really, really, really excited to get back to the discipline of physical practice every day in a way that aligns with my body and my heart today. So I hope I'll see you on the mat. And if not, I'll see you next Friday. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>